Hey everybody, and welcome to a new episode of StartupRad.io, your podcast show with startup news and interviews from Germany. So, hello and welcome to our new show of uh, StartupRay.io. This time it is me not from New York, Christian speaking here, Christian Farnbach, but today I'm in Hamburg and I'm doing a Germany trip right now for a couple of days and uh, I'm hosting and starting the show today and our regular host is my guest today, so I say uh, hello to Frankfurt and Jörn in Frankfurt. Hey folks. I also have a disclaimer. I'm not in Frankfurt today. I'm with my family. I'm in beautiful Mainz. <laughs> okay, well, which is so very close, so, com so completely strange. Yeah. You're not in New York. I'm not in Frankfurt, and you are hosting the show. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, and I'm obviously didn't. I obviously didn't do my research anyway. So first of all, a couple of housekeeping notes. Let's say because we got uh, some nice news about ourselves. First thing we're really excited about is that we are now available on TuneIn Radio as well. And if you got tune in on your devices like the iPhone or wherever and um, you can check us out there. We are available in German and in English alike and we are very excited about that. Then, Of course, and you can also find it on your Sonos, on your wireless speakers and all of this stuff. You can now get us there as well. Ah, there you go. If you're one of those hi-fi enthusiasts who's uh, able to afford the Sonos. No, I think they're actually pretty affordable these days. I think they got a, uh, a very good system. <laughs> and, True. Yeah. And then we, uh, we take great pride in a couple of things that we, were, for example, we were mentioned in T3N, which is one of the uh, biggest German publications related to startup and tech culture, I'd say. And um, on their website, we were mentioned as the first podcast for people people who are interested in the podcasting, uh, in the in the entrepreneurial scene in Germany. So I'm very glad about that and thankful for that. And we made it into the iTunes charts in Germany and became part of the top 20 there. So slowly but steadily, we're climbing up the ranks and planning to take over the world. And we got our first, uh, I don't know if it's actually the first, but we got a, a new publication out and it is about hijab fashion by Trendy Covered. It's an e-commerce startup from Berlin and um, you can find the links to all these things on uh, in our production notes. And it's a very complicated link, so I won't try to explain them here. <laughs> and the funniest thing of all is you got named for a different for a different franchise you're also working for, the Crouch Reporter. You got named in Germany for best blogger without a blog, but a newsletter. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, yeah, I was nominated for an award. And uh, uh, full disclaimer, I didn't win it. But, um, yeah, the thing is, the, the, the whole award or the whole ceremony is called uh, the Bloggers 2015. And they got the category Blogger 2015, which I wasn't nominated for. Then they got the category Blogger 2015 without a blog which I wasn't nominated for. And then they got the category best blogger without a blog, but with a newsletter, which I was nominated for and I didn't win. But also, again, like slowly and steadily climbing up the ranks there. <laughs> I was I was already wondering for your blog. I've been visiting your blog from time to time, your private blog, and it appears that you're writing, let's say, once or twice a year. <laughs> so winning a award with that would be whoa. Yeah, but then the the, the newsletter I was nominated for is in daily in, a daily endeavor, let's say. And uh, yeah, if someone is interested, basically it, it is only available in German. But to make some marketing for that as well, uh, it's a, a newsletter about the news of the 
the day and it tries to explain you the most important news of the day in Germany. And um, it has this promise that if you read the newsletter for two minutes a day, then your boss will never be able to embarrass you again if you have a water cooler conversation. And you can look it up at uh, bit.ly bit.ly slash kr minus morgenpost, which is like morning post in Germany. kr minus morgenpost. <laughs> there you go. Let's start with the news. And um, we will start with some, some general news about the startup ecosystem we found. And before I give you the <laughs> the mic, I will start with the first news we found because just a, I found a very interesting um, general study about the state of e-commerce worldwide. It was published on blog.compass.co and it is from the same people who also um, published the startup ecosystem report. And I found that they had some interesting key findings regarding the whole worldwide um, e-commerce market, which I will just very quickly walk you through because I just thought it's interesting to get some numbers once in a while about these things. So, for example, they say that Google AdWords actually has the highest conversion rate of all, of all ads online, so way more than the Facebook ads, for example. Yet the average conversion rate for someone visiting your site is just 1.4%. The best companies in this e-commerce report reported a, a conversion rate of 3%. Just to give some people some perspectives who are thinking about building their own e-commerce. It is a tough, tough world out there. And for every 100 visitor, only 1.4 people on average will follow through and actually buy something from your place. Yet the e-commerce in general worldwide, they claim um, has a... Uh, 15% plus compared to the previous year. They came up with an average bounce rate over all companies they observed of 57%, which means someone comes to your site and goes away, serves to another website with just looking at one page. And uh, so this is what is defined as the bounce rate there. 57% of the visits just visit one side and then move away. And um, nine per another interesting um, metric is how able you actually are to turn your existing customers into returning customers. And they defined a, a repurchase rate, which means an existing client who already ordered once or a couple of times from your website comes back over a month-long period or per month. And uh, on average, companies in the e-commerce sector have a 9% repurchase rate, which means that yeah, one of your existing clients orders again in one month, 9% of the existing customers come back. And I just found it was some interesting numbers. It's always interesting to get some perspective on those things, especially if you're starting out. And that's why I put it here for the first news. And now it's up to you. And we move to Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland, of course. If, if you've ever been there, you know that's a more or less authentic, authentic, um, more or less authentic accent of Swiss. We found that the Swiss startup ecosystem is booming. We found some tweets of a recent presentation because, you know, we are very active in Twitter. We barely sleep and that's what we are doing instead. And it appears that it, they are getting really serious. They reported 120 deals valuing approximately 676 million Swiss franc. And that looks like they're really, really taking off. I mean, 600 deals, a let's say 500 million euros. That's not too bad, isn't it? Uh, yeah, totally true. Yeah, they are <laughs> they are good business people. That's at least what I can say with all my all the prejudices in mind. <laughs> yeah, 
So I also found something from surprisingly U.S. News because they made a study the best country for founders in the world. Guess who made number one, Chris? Well, let's say the Swiss got the money and we got the fame. Germany made number one. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the Germans got the fame, so we win in the oh, studies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, totally, well. totally. A lame joke. Sure. A lame joke. Totally <laughs> went wrong. We're off to a good start. Yeah. Don't worry. It can only get better from <laughs> here. They actually ranked some some of the countries, and the U.S. made it only to number four, but Germany made it to number one. Ooh. Yeah, and it's crazy. And uh, yeah, they made us like number one of best country in the world in general, which is, I mean, totally true because also we're the nice guys from soccer. And we're also number one in terms of best country for entrepreneurs, which is crazy. And we, as Germans, wouldn't see it ourselves in a way like that. But yeah, the categories they found was like, how would you put it? Like the general guarantee safety nets provided by the judiciary system or I don't know a better way how to put it. And infrastructure, Germany was very good. General level of qualification and manpower. Yeah, Germany won in a couple of categories there. And all the stuff we consider complicated in Germany wasn't seen as bad in that study. Stuff like bureaucracy or the general lack of an entrepreneurial culture because Germans in general still tend to look for a full-time job in a huge company more than people in other countries, for example, like Israel, I'd say. Yes. Yeah. But it's not only Germany or the, the country that makes us proud. It's also our capital because the startup scene of Berlin is growing faster than every other scene in Europe. It's it's always a bit tricky because I, I guess the, the biggest competitor here is, is always what's going on in Israel. So you never know if those studies consider Israel as part of Europe or not. But at least this study came to the conclusion that in Berlin there were made investments of 2.1 billion euro in startups and compared to the year before, where it was just around 800 or 900 million, this more than doubled. And this growth rate is, fa is bigger than the ones of London, Stockholm or Paris. But I mean, if you take just the growth rate, then you could also argue that the Hamburg startup scene is awesome because uh, in Hamburg, uh, the numbers went up from 60 million to 300 million, which I think as a factor is bigger than the growth in Berlin, but still it's on a relatively low level. Yeah, and I do believe some other cities might deserve to be put there, like Munich, also Stuttgart, the home yeah. of, for example, Bosch, and yeah. a lot of the automobile guys, and Frankfurt, of course. There's also a big startup cluster in Cologne, Düsseldorf, up there. So there are a lot of areas that still have a lot of potential. True. That's it. In yeah, and I, I certainly do think that there have to be better ways of presenting Germany and the different strengths of different regions. They they have to figure that out, whoever they are, they is in that case. But that's it for the uh, ecosystem part, and uh, let's talk about some companies, shall we? Yes, we shall. Well, there's the first news I have is kind of like a mix between companies and ecosystems, because in Germany in Frankfurt, the state where Frankfurt lies in is called Hessen. And Hessen has set its aim on having their own fintech hub, their own level 39 in Frankfurt. So there have been a pitch event this week. 
And the week before, there was a fintech meetup, which we did stream live via Periscope. And it turns out that most of the pitches that have been presented there are also the ones likely to have been presented this week before the Secretary of Commerce of the State of Hessen, Tarek Al-Wazir. Mm. So if you want to have a look, have a look on our Periscope recording and of course follow us startupradio.de. You'll find the Periscope link as well as on startupradio.io. We're trying to do just one one ID for all the Periscope streams. And if you follow us on Facebook, we'll even put up an event every time we want to stream something via Periscope. I'm from Hesia too, but not from the cool part. I'm from Northern Hesia, uh, where there's nothing. <laughs> We're not a, uh, a cluster for anything. We call it Hessian Siberia, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but please go ahead too because the next up on our list is blockchain and I think you're also much more of an expert on that it's the little auditor right Deutsche Börse the German stock exchange located headquartered in Frankfurt is doing some serious investments in startups and they invested in the blockchain startup of Wall Street veteran Plyth Masters do you know the, what the lady is known for no, tell us. <laughs> she invented the credit default swaps, which oh. played a key role in the last financial crisis. That's someone you so want to she, make business with. <laughs> yes, totally. So she's not just anybody, and fingers crossed, uh, blockchain will not turn out to trigger the next financial crisis. Let's hope so. By the way, I'm sure everyone who's listening already stumbled upon this movie anyway, but if you say credit default swap, I can just highly, highly recommend The Big Short. It's a great movie. Very well done. And you you understand the financial crisis, and uh, it's funny, it's visually in, imaginative, and uh, it's got great acting, and it's it's really, really well done. It's also very interesting for people who are not into the whole finance stuff. And you, you learn a lot, and you laugh a lot, and you're frustrated a lot, and it's really, really great. And after watching The Big Short, you should all go to iTunes and then look for 99 Homes, which is more of a, of a small-scale movie, but it's also about the financial crisis and a family losing their house in, in the US. And if you do this, you have the full double feature package about the economic crisis. Of course, Chris will put some, some links in our production notes as always, right? Totally, totally. <laughs> Get away from the finance stuff and talk about more interesting stuff. Food. <laughs> um, probably one of the uh, best known German startup companies is My Müsli, My Cereal. Muesli is a very nice word, actually. <laughs> My Muesli is um, one of the, uh, you can honestly say, one of the biggest startup successes in Germany. And basically, it's a, a company that allows you to configure your own cereal online. From the start, they made huge efforts in being like a very likable company. You always had this little note in there who produced your uh, your cereal of that day and they thank you for being such a valued customer and they really were able to build very strong relationships i'd say with the with the customers and they already now follow a strategy of having shops in uh, bigger german cities right now even though the amount is undisclosed i found it very interesting because right now they were taking money from external partners up to this point it was just three founders 
Yeah, so I just found it interesting that they now take external money as well. And also, again, in the production notes, we put in, uh, we will, uh, I will put in the link of a very interesting interview on the platform dictator.de. They have an English version as well, and it's a platform about. Well, you could, I guess you could say about the movers and shakers also of startup industries, startup media and tech, and they always have very nice interviews. It's a site you should uh, check out in general as well. Do you? Did you ever order from my muesli? Do you like it? Truth be told, there was what I just wanted to tell. I did once. It was very good. Yeah. I was for some reason not returning because I like my muesli pretty plain with just some chocolate and you get it in the usual grocery store what would have been a differentiator when i was in college in the u.s i always loved my cereals with little marshmallows in them it was so oh but uh, it turns out law or eu regulation forbids to sell cereals with marshmallows in them so you don't get your hands on it in all over europe and that's that's from a health perspective really good for small children but Not so good for me personally. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just like that stuff. I mean, it's a bit more expensive, but it's really, really nice stuff they're putting together. And I think you can make a very healthy muesli there, and you can also make a very unhealthy muesli on their website. Of course, I'll be in the unhealthy corner. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Talking about other stuff, Hitmeister. It's an e-commerce platform based in Cologne, which is. Yeah, let's say more or less a competitor of Amazon here in Germany because they do offer almost, they closely offer something Amazon would, you know, Amazon started with books. Of course, they don't have too many books, but they do have a lot like your own home trainer, TV and all the stuff, clothes you would expect there. And they announced a revenue of 43 million for the year 2015. I'm not too sure how much profit they made of course they've been silent on that but i'm i do believe since they're e-commerce startup and they're just in the process of of getting leverage here they most likely would have not made a profit there and i mean it's a general rule in business school that it always has something it's always telling which numbers they give you and if they give you the revenue then Revenue is for posers and EBIT is for winners. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> EBIT means earnings before interest and taxes. taxation. Yeah, uh, yeah usually okay. it's a bit it's a bit more, but I mean, yeah, it, it, the, the point I was trying to make is you should ne you should not only look at revenue because revenue can always disguise losses. It's, and so yeah, well, the funny thing is revenue is the top line in a P and L, and the bottom line is that what really counts, and yeah. the EBIT is closer to the bottom line. I totally do agree, and of course we'll put some show note links there because we also have the idea to educate you a little bit more. So if you have never heard about top line, bottom line, EBIT, EBITDA and all this stuff, we'll get you there. Totally. <laughs> Which is also a good way to introduce our next topic because EBITDA, bottom line, blah, blah, that's all very snoozy and very tiresome. So let's talk a bit about metrics. You didn't make metrics. this lame right, <laughs> didn't you? Metrics startups. <laughs> So, um, probably by now, a couple of people have heard about Casper, which is a crazy, well-running startup in New York. And it's one of those startups that's disrupting a very established 
product, which is mattresses. And Casper's idea is to cut out the middleman. So uh, they say, well, basically it sucks to go into a mattress store and then to just lie, lay there uh, for 10 minutes because you can't really tell whether you're actually going to like it or not. And their idea was to come up with a mattress that you can check it out at home for 100 days. And if you uh, don't like it, they'll pick it up for free and they'll donate the mattress for some good social cause. So what happened was Casper is crazy huge right now and there are so many copycats already and um, that's why uh, we found it interesting that when we stumbled upon the news that uh, the mat Berlin-based mattress startup Moon has received its first round of funding there uh, of financing. They're around since 2014 now and they also didn't disclose the amount, how much money they got. But um, yeah, we I just wanted to talk a bit about it because even in Germany now, it is not the first Casper copycat, but uh, it's very crowded in the market already. And, and in only in Berlin, you got Bruno, you got Sleeps, you got Smooth. Then in Germany, there is uh, operating London-based startup Eve. And also in Frankfurt, you got Emma. And even though Casper itself didn't do anything in Germany yet. This seems like already half a dozen competitors doing their thing in Germany. And usually their shtick is that they just come up with one mattress, which you can buy in probably one or two different variations. And that's basically it. But Casper now has pillows and I think sheets as well. I have a Casper mattress and I loved it. Interesting. Yeah. If you ever need to move them, you could hire a moving assistance company. They used to be two. One of them called Movago and the other one called Movinga, just to make it very easy. Unfortunately, Movago throw in the towel and now there's only Movinga left. I just visit their website and it sounds very easy. You just go through a very simple process. You've been asked some questions, you answer them, and they come up with a fixed price offer for you to move. Sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I would always argue that you should have just as little stuff that you can always move yourself in life in general. It's very, uh, yeah, it's very spiritual today, our show. <laughs> But, so let's talk a bit more about hard numbers. Because there is uh, the company Kobe who has some production problems but still receives investments, the bike company and which now has raised 12 million euros in venture capital. Oh, no, sorry, which now which received 12 million euros in venture capital so far and now got an additional 6.3 million euro. And we already have an interview with them in Germany, and uh, you can listen to this if you're able to understand German. And we conducted this interview at Product Hunt Frankfurt. What do you think of the company and their success chances in general? I do believe they do have very good success chances. As you may remember from the news back a year or so, it was actually that we've been very, very wowed by what they're doing because they have this remote... Um, alarm system, they have brake lights and all this stuff that looks really, really good. And on the other hand, most likely they still receive investment because they have a very credible founder that we interviewed. His name is Andreas Galat and he did agency that was first sold to Microsoft and then again sold to Razorfish and they had 
like almost 100 people at the point he was selling it and he's a serial entrepreneur with a track record making an exit to Microsoft so I I do oh, believe okay. it's not very hard for him to raise venture capital okay yeah, and he he he. Uh, disclaimer: He's also a little bit more senior than we are, so he also has a lot of experience under his belt. <laughs> and during the time his agency was bought by Microsoft, he had to stick around for two or three years. So he was CEO of one of the companies within the Microsoft group. So I think that also says that he that he has a lot of knowledge under his belt and he knows how to do things. So that may be the main reason. Okay. I'm super senior. <laughs> no. Okay, I guess, okay, this was already pretty much it with the, in terms of companies doing new stuff because I would argue that we have now two corners which we regularly look into in our show. First one is, let's call it the drone corner. <laughs> the drone corner, I like that. Yeah. It always reminds me of R2-D2. Yeah. <laughs> How again? How does it end? <laughs> and um, <laughs> you don't want to do that to me, don't you? <laughs> do it again. Do it again. So German Lufthansa, so biggest German aviation company, which used to be governmental, government owned in, like I don't know, 70s and 80s, wants to get into the drone business as well and wants to steer and control drones for clients. What do you make of that? Very, very interesting. I personally fly Lufthansa from time to time, but may just be for the reason they are based in Frankfurt, Frankfurt Airport as their primary hub. And I do live and work in Frankfurt as a consultant, so you get to fly a lot Lufthansa. Not a bad service, and I find it very, very interesting that they see, okay, we understand aviation, let's go for drones. I do believe that's one of the important signs that drones are here. They're here to stay, and even the big guys consider them serious right now. And you could argue that it's not just our drone corner, but our space corner, That because after drones, we are talking about rockets, rocket internet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not too bad. So, rocket internet. This is a real good day today. Yeah, uh, yeah I know, I know. <laughs> Rocket Internet, I mean, it, it always was an interesting case. And I have the feeling that right now it turns into an even more interesting case because I have the feeling they are getting more and more criticism in the German market. I have the feeling that especially German uh, economics or business magazine, or not magazine, newspaper, Handelsblatt, the Handelsblatt <laughs> probably, is really after them. They're criticizing them a lot. They are um, doing investigative pieces about them, writing, writing that... They have a huge, how would you argue, like a huge turnover of uh, of talent that many people are just being hired from renowned business schools. And then they really, they're used more in a, in a uh, business consultant kind of way. So very long hours. And then you move on to the next business without them having a really strong connection to the startup, the startup they are actually hired for. And they even argue that they have some financial problems. Would you find out more about? Well, I was just going because Rocket Internet is listed in Frankfurt, and I was just looking at the stock chart. And as said, this is recorded on the 30th of January 2015. Damn it, 2016, of course. And I was looking; they they made a spike up in the 60s, and now they're more or less alive, swimming around the 20s. And there's an a convertible note which which is like a bond and can be converted into 
equity and this is also tanking it's it was listed at approximately 100% and now let me check it's below 75% of the nominal value listed which is usually not a pretty good sign i would not say they are in financial trouble but the the first indicators point towards this direction at least here from the listing from the listing in the stock market yeah. and uh, yeah just in case for uh, some of our listeners haven't heard of them which i rarely doubt because if you're interested in german startup scene then probably it's the one company everyone knows about but just to give you some background what they usually do is they uh they look for what's working abroad and try to build very aggressively build a German version of that and to get some market share in Germany. And a lot of times their exit strategy is that once this German competitor grows really big, they sell it to the international leader of the market, the global leader of the market. I guess it was yeah. like what they started out with. They had this um, online auction house. I do believe it was called Ricardo or something. And they basically copied the business model of eBay. And they've been so strong here in Germany that eBay had no other chance than to basically buy them out. And with the proceeds from this exit, they started Rocket Internet. There are three <coughs> brothers from Cologne called Zamba. Yeah, it was called Alando. Alando was actually the eBay copy. Ah, Alando. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And also, also another another piece of information to put this all in perspective. Handelsblatt, who is making the investigative articles they're not like like uh some very recent blog publication or something they're like the really old school trade publication the the big newspaper you receive every day and if you're yeah. in banking in finance if you do have some c function in a bigger or large business it's something you usually take a look at in the morning every day yeah Yeah, Handelsblatt is the the publication that survived the German uh, the German Financial Times. So Financial Times did try to make a German uh, a German newspaper, but after a couple of years they stopped doing it because they couldn't get any. They just produced losses with it, and Handelsblatt is still around. And yeah, it's the one newspaper that every manager who thinks highly of himself reads in Germany. And the funny thing is, Financial Times Germany, FTD, was around for 12 years. I like to read them. I don't read Handelsblatt. But the funny thing is, Handelsblatt became a little bit more new, more appealing, a little bit more yeah. like up-to-date just due to the competitive pressure of Financial Times. So even though they made not a profit, they they've been around and they made some changes here in the market. Yeah. And since we're now through with the hard news stuff anyway, I can just give you a little fun fact about the success or the, 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 the misfortune of Financial Times Deutschland, which uh, actually was the case that they found out in reader analysis that they tried to get put in the market via free copies provided at airports. So before you got onto the plane, you got like a free copy of it. But the thing was that um, since it was aiming at, at uh, business people, they usually what you had was that you could choose between Financial Times, the London edition, and Financial Times Germany, the German edition of it. Many, many people just took one copy of the English edition because when you're around your business partners, you don't want to seem, uh, you don't want to be the guy who's not able of understanding English. So nobody took the German copy of it because uh, it would make you feel dumb 
right next to a business partner. And some people argue that this was one of the problems they had. Isn't that funny? I do remember that you got both at the airport, yeah. like the English and the German version. But truth be told, I took the English version, I took the German version, I took the Handelsblatt, and yeah. I got set. Because you take everything that's free. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm not no, 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 no. I, I only I, know German. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's not true. I skipped Süddeutsche Zeitung. <laughs> yeah. Well... Let's go to some inspirational. I, I have a yeah, feeling I now talked a lot. I now talked a lot about it at the beginning. So now hand it over to you for the last couple of things we wanted to talk about. Yes, innovation. I found a very interesting piece at the Harvard Business Review, arguing that Silicon Valley was the wrong model to build your startup hub after, and I was going, "What?" Turns out this author made a pretty compelling case to not go after the Silicon Valley model, but rather look more into the past and go to Florence, Renaissance Florence, and take this as a model where you where you can draw your your conclusions from how to start an innovation hub. You might remember the family Medici was reigning in Florence and they they really made talent development really, really a big thing, patronage and you may have heard of two people coming out of this system. The one is called Michelangelo and painted the 16th chapel, and the other one is Leonardo da Vinci. So I do believe it's a compelling case there, and if you want to have a look, of course, go on to our show notes. Also, obituary. Someone passed away, which is pretty uncommon for startup news, but this person, uh, it's a it's a professor, his name was Marvin Minsky, and he was the father of what we call today artificial intelligence. He passed away just a few days ago, and there's a very nice article about him and his work and his influence in the world. That was it from my side. The only thing we have now left is like the know-how for those with vision. Go ahead. We do have a lot there, of course, a lot of pieces on venture capital a lot of pieces that are put together like are we in a bubble right now i do believe so that we are close close to or at the top of a bubble we also do have article about the biggest global banks at davos and all of this i do believe it's all together like 10 or 12 pieces if you have some time if you want to be ahead of the competition go for it christian that's it i have nothing more to say Whoa, 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 I'll, mark, I'll do a red mark in the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Done. I, I, Done. I, yeah, I told people everything I know. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And guys, remember, sharing is caring. Share as much as you can. And remember, we are now on Sonos on TuneIn Radio. Thank you very much. We love you all. Totally. Even though we don't know every one of you, but still, there's big love. Bye-bye. <laughs>